Warning, this podcast episode may contain explicit content, including swearing, discussion of sexual violence and rape, and other adult content. Welcome to Crow Club, a Shadow and Bone and Grisha Verse podcast. If you've been listening, you know that what you can expect from us is spoilers. Lots and lots of spoilers for literally everything in the Grisha Verse. No novel, no show, no novella is safe. You've been <laughs> warned. My name is JJ. I'm Kat. And I'm Anjali. And today's topic is Wesper. All right, so today we are discussing Wesper, which is the relationship between Wylan and Jesper. For those of you who listened to the last episode, we mentioned that we had recorded this and then there was a terrible audio disaster. And so this is us giving it a second try. And the good news is our first episode was recorded long enough ago that we have forgotten all the really clever things we undoubtedly said there. So when someone pulls out something, it'll be new and fresh and we will still find it interesting and funny. So fun name fact for the beginning of this episode is for the name Jesper. So the Persian variant of the name, according to the internet, translates to treasurer, which I thought was a really interesting translation for Jesper, given both his gambling problem in the Six of Crows duology and the way he ends his arc as basically a business manager slash treasurer for Wyland. I actually think that Jesper's name, to some extent, makes a little bit of sense if you think about it in terms of his plot in the Six of Crows book, where he is hiding his Grisha powers, and he uncovers them, or he reveals them in the middle of the ice court heist, and is basically able to like rescue the situation. And so it's like this secret or this treasure he kind of hides within himself. So today's Wesper quote starts with Jesper saying to Wylan, if only you could talk to girls in equations. Just girls? No, not just girls. It really was a shame they were all probably going to die tonight. I love that quote so much. And you know, it's such a, you know, such an iconic Wesper quote, which we didn't get in the show, interestingly. But well, I guess it doesn't make sense because they hooked up pre-show so that that wouldn't be like exactly the conversation they'd have to have but every time I see that quote it never has the it really was a shame they were all probably going to die tonight and I love that as the ending I think it really gives the full arc and breadth of uh it's such a roller coaster so as we get into this episode I will say that I went through and reread all of the Wesper scenes specifically and only those scenes to prepare for this recording and I feel like I accidentally became a Wesper fan in the process, which was surprising to me from someone who started out as indifferent at best. Whoa, Kat. I feel the exact same way because I did the exact same thing (laughs) where I just basically searched Wyland's name and then read every scene between him and Jesper. And originally when I read the books, I was always kind of blindsided by their relationship. I was like, oh, really? This kind of feels like it came out of nowhere. And then when I just went and read the books with their passages, I'm like, oh, actually, this has been building for 
for a while. There are all these flirtations. There are these hints. But the book has so much going on that it gets kind of lost and you forget about things and you don't read into things enough. It sounds like I have some reading to do. I'll be the person who didn't reread this, so prompt you two with questions. But I will say to start, as I've mentioned, I think in the last couple podcast episodes, but I really loved Wesper in season two of the show. They won my heart in that (laughs) portrayal. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about book Wesper and how they differ from show Wesper and why to sort of get at the differences there. So in the books with Wylan and Jesper, they essentially meet at the beginning of the heist and Jesper is super rude to Wylan. He is just constantly nagging on him, does not believe he's like a good demolitions expert, is very skeptical of why Kaz even wants to hire him, and then just constantly teases him. But in the beginning, in like kind of a mean way, like it's not super friendly, it's very skeptical. But throughout the books, they get paired together on certain tasks and they start warming up to each other. And if you do a close reading, you'll see that Wylan seems a little shy and bashful and blushing around Jesper, but it's it's very subtle. And I think the thing where you really start to see their relationship become closer and more overt is in the second book of the duology, especially when they go to see Wylan's mother together and they have some real bonding moments and it kind of seems like it's building up to something. But in a classic Three's Company moment, they, uh, I forgot to mention, Wylan has been changed to look like Kue and (laughs) Jesper accidentally kisses the real Kue. And then Wylan, of course, walks in at this moment, sees Jesper kissing Kue, gets the wrong idea. But, you know, those two crazy kids do (laughs) eventually work it out in the end. And at the end of the books, they seem kind of pretty settled together. Wylan and Jesper live together and Jesper is acting as his business manager. It's worth calling that because it's so different at the end. They're effectively married at the end of Mm -hmm. the books. There are like 16 year olds who are married at the end. So what are some of the major differences then between the books and the show? The biggest difference that stands out is the fact that they know each other prior to the events of the show, or at least one of them knows the other. They, one of them remembers uh, the other. <laughs> yes, one of them remembers the other. So They know each they... other in a biblical sense. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Getting right to the point, Kat. Um, yes, they had a one-night stand previous to the events of the show, and then Jesper goes to meet Wyland for the job, and Wyland seems startled to see him and, you know, is kind of looking at him meaningfully, but it's clear that Jesper does not remember. Well, Wyland seems excited to see him. What is, what is his line exactly? It's something like, oh, you're here. It's something like that. And then he quickly realizes that Jesper does not remember who he is. So this is really interesting because I think you two, like, really like Wesper as a, you know, show couple. And everyone loves Jesper as a character in the TV show. This is a little bit like fuckboy of him. How do you two feel that they hooked up and he's like, who are you? I think it goes along with 
Jesper's character to some extent. Like he is a very reckless person, right? He Mm -hmm. does things without thought and then doesn't agonize about them too much later. So I think he's probably had lots of happy encounters. Does that make him a fuckboy? Maybe. But I also don't think he has any like malice or is trying to take advantage of anybody, which is kind of, you know, some of what I associate with the typical phrase. Yeah. And I I think that, you know, since Wyland's the one who knows all about chemistry, it makes more sense that he'd remember that kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, the little sizzle right there. (laughs) So one of the interesting differences for me between the books and the Netflix show is that in the books, there's some evidence that Jesper is into Kaz. It's also fairly subtle. I actually missed it the first time I read it and going through again, you're like, of course. But I didn't see any evidence that show Jesper is into show Kaz. Agreed. In the show, we really do see a lot fewer conversations between friends as opposed to romantic Mm -hmm. interests than we do in the books. And I wonder if part of kind of because Jesper and Inezha's conversations were fewer and because Jesper and Kaz's kind of one-on-one interactions, there were not as many or they were not as in-depth. I wonder if that was just one of the things that was removed for expediency and also to open up this relationship without the cat's qualms. I think the other kind of major difference to me is that in the show, there's this slow romantic chemistry that builds. I've already admitted I went back and, you know, reread just the Wesper scenes and their relationship seems to make sense. But I still do think like among all the other turmoil and drama and heavy relationship scenes in the book, it gets lost. In the show, there's a lot going on, but you can't miss these scenes. There's some really sweet chemistry building moments between them. There's just so much attention paid in the plot. The writers really put a lot of investment in this relationship, and it it truly does pay off because it feels like a natural flow and a natural build at the end. And that being said, it also doesn't feel like too much all at once. Like, as JJ said, in the book, their relationship ends at basically like a domestic partnership. Whereas in the show, they're at the start of this relationship. They're kind of embarking on the beginning of it. It feels, you know, natural and and to some extent realistic. I, I fully agree with that. It was very refreshing also in the show to see a relationship that felt like it was portrayed at a reasonable pace. Because in season one, we had Nina and Matthias who are in an extremely strange situation, right? There's a lot of stress there and it becomes a very intense relationship very quickly. Um we have Alina and the Darkling briefly, and they're on the ins <laughs> until they're very on the outs, and then they continue to be on the outs uh, until she unblocks him and the wedding is on. And <laughs> then we have Alina and Mal, who are just like, oh, forever, we've loved each other forever, our whole lives, white veil, something. And it's like very intense. And we have Kaz and Nej, their relationship doesn't take like a typical, <laughs> here's what one might imagine a relationship looks like with young adults. And this is kind of really the only relationship in the series where we see that like, oh, this is a relationship unfolding in a way that is sweet and sort of as one might expect 
a relationship to unfold. And it's also nice that it's an LGBTQ relationship that unfolds so nicely and naturally. Most of their drama or interpersonal, you know, the roller coaster is just between them. So that's refreshing. Although I will say that the Kuei kissing does unfortunately feel very forced and like childish in comparison to some of the conflicts placed between other couples like you mentioned. Mm. One thing we haven't explicitly called out about the show and just because you said childish, but in the show, they're older than they are in the books. They have aged up like pretty much all of the characters yes. except like the Darkling, <laughs> who is already extremely <laughs> old. Uh, although they visually aged him up significantly as well. So they are significantly older, which helps their backstory of having had a one night stand earlier make sense and feel less less horrifying. But also Otherwise, what were they like 14? <laughs> yeah, I know. So this also, I think, gives them the space, emotional maturity and experience to kind of have this relationship unfold in a way that it did not feel like they did in the in the books. And and talking about their conflicts. I also appreciated in the show that the relationship didn't feel so imbalanced in a way. Like in the book, I think because Jesper is kind of nagging on him constantly, and it's not just Jesper, like everyone's kind of mean. Even Inej. Yeah, even Inej is mean to him. And Inej is, you know, probably one of the nicest characters. It, it feels like Wyland is is kind of like a beat up upon character. But in the show, Wyland has a very strong personality and he is not afraid to like push back against Jesper. I found their conflict over Wyland's dyslexia to be very interesting. Jesper almost tried to feel sorry for him or sympathize. And Wyland's like, no, I, I refuse to be seen like that. What are you talking about? It was just so interesting. It was really refreshing. I will say that that conversation or interaction came at the sacrifice of what happened in the books where Wyland and Kaz have a scene about that. And Kaz basically tells him, I don't care. Like, look at me, I have this cane. And you take what people perceive to be your weakness and turn it into a strength. And I really liked, you know, that part in the books. I think it was one of the few moments where Book Kaz was somewhat humanized. <laughs> I guess the show Kaz is already so humanized compared to Book Kaz. But it is sad to me, like you were saying earlier, JJ, that some of these scenes between like platonic scenes that didn't advance a romantic relationship fell by the wayside in the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one one of the things I really liked about the show was how we got to see them come together in stressful moments. They have some of their like relationship discussions while being shot at. At the end, when Wyland does something and Jesper's like, that's my man. Or wait, we haven't actually had that conversation. Is that the, you know, we can talk about this later. Getting to see how they react in stressful situations like that. I thought it was played and done exceptionally well in the show and was a delight to watch. So another really big difference is at the end of season two, compared to the end of Crooked Kingdom, the information that Jesper knows about Wylan is super different. Mm -hmm. And even the information that Jesper knew about Wylan at the beginning <laughs> when they first met. And so in the books, Wylan is like Merchling, right? He's known to be the son of a rich merchant mm -hmm. and is mercilessly teased by everyone about that. And that is not a thing in the show. 
He goes out of his way to hide the fact that he is actually the son of a wealthy merchant. And when he accidentally almost reveals that he learned chemistry via tutoring, he then says trial and error, and Jesper's all confused as to how he still has all his fingers, which was also a great scene. But it's really interesting that in their relationship where it is now, you know, Wylan knows that Jesper is Grisha. Jesper knows that Wylan is dyslexic. And Jesper still does not know about Wylan's background or that his dad is, at least in the books, an extremely plot-relevant character. That's very interesting for a multitude of reasons, but also just logistically going forward. In the books, they basically used Wylan as an asset because they knew who he was. So they followed him, found out where he was going, recruited him into the fold, and it was natural because of that to kind of use Wylan as this like hostage figure to basically lure Vanek. But Jesper doesn't know that still. And I wonder if Wylan can still be used as that bait or if Jesper would allow that to happen now that they're in a romantic relationship. The other thing I will say that is interesting about them revealing Wylan's dyslexia but not his parentage, is that in the book, it was actually the opposite order. We find out that he's a Van Eck, and then we find out why he's kind of a estranged Van Eck is because of his dyslexia. So now that we know these in like reverse order, are they still going to be deeply connected? They're going to have to do a lot of writing for the next season, regardless, because so much has changed. But yes, it's clear that plot is not going to be exactly the same. Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see how that goes and what sort of interesting thing they come up with there. I guess I'm worried that they're just going to turn it into a little bit of relationship roadblock between him and Jesper, that Jesper didn't know that, you know, he comes from like wealth or one of the like most elite families in Ketterdom and write out the whole like actual Jan Van Eck involvement and the ice court heist storyline. Do we really think they'll still do the ice court heist? I think they're setting up for it, right? A heist is so fun to watch and it's very engaging. I think they'd be stupid to walk away from that as such a major plot line. I, I think all the pieces are in place for them to do it. They just have to change a little bit of the kind of motivations. They've picked like a lot of the bones out of that plot line though. Like the, the Jasper coming reveal. back. The Jesper reveal Kaz coming back from, you know, the grave, basically running the Crow Club show again, that sort of stuff, his whole, you know, phobia of touching skin, like all that's already been exposed. So I'm like, whoa, how, you know, how do they make this work? Do they invent new stuff? Like, what do they do to keep it as like chock full of plot twists and turns, like even mini ones as it was Mm -hmm. in the books? Yeah, that's sort of why I think they'll do a different heist like they did in this season. I would kind of love to see the ice court. Like, it sounds really fun. I have all these images in my head. I also think generally these types of, like, beautiful balls in, like, exotic locations are really fun to watch as a viewer. So I hope they keep some aspects of it. Yeah, I think I also have a hankering to see the ice court depicted. It it seems like it would be visually so beautiful and interesting. Say what you mean, Anjali. You want to see the fjord and crown jewels. <laughs> All right, you got me. I also think just erasing, if if we don't run into Jarl Broom at some point, like this whole world will be so irrevocably different than the books. 
Like, we can run into Jarl Broom anywhere, you know? Sure, but Jarl Broom at his base of power. Maybe it's a smaller heist. Maybe they, like, split up for some of the things. One interesting thing about the overall Westbird dynamic that I like is, like you were saying earlier, Angela, it really starts out with not only Jesper, but, like, everyone mocking him and negging him constantly. But by the end of the books, it is Wyland pushing Jesper a lot. He's the one who actually asks him, are you sure Kaz really trusts you? And pushes that point home. And then he also is the one who's like, you should, you know, get trained for your fabricator skills. You have this talent. Why would you not go learn more, go get trained? And I think it's like an interesting dynamic where he starts off as this shy, jittery, a little bit like, you know, nervous and clearly, I think, struck by Jesper from the start to being the one who's still pushing him to continue growing as a person. Yeah. And Jesper needs it, frankly. Love love the guy, but <laughs> there's a, a lot of stuff he has to deal with. Well, can we talk to that point as, as a sort of counterpoint, how Jesper ends up being Wyland's business manager? Mm. Jesper is an addict. He's and gambling yeah. addict and to put him in place as your treasurer like that to me is so not appropriate I like to put him in a place of constant temptation I was kind of disappointed with how Lee handles this addiction storyline right addiction is a, is a journey you're not just cured right away like sure like Jesper is is expressing his Grisha powers now maybe he won't be as reckless maybe he doesn't need that thrill as much but he's been a gambling addict for a while and has done no active recovery work whatsoever. Yeah, it definitely does not seem like it is setting anyone up for success. It is actively not setting Jesper up for success. And the fact that Wylan has to essentially trust him absolutely on a lot of these things is just, I feel really bad for both of them in that situation. It's like weird because it's not acknowledged as being weird in the books. Yeah, I I feel like if I might have even been a little bit okay with it if Jesper had just pushed back and been like, are you sure? I don't know if I trust myself in this position yet. And they acknowledge like, no, I believe in you. This is something we're going to work on together. But it just doesn't get mentioned. And it feels so odd. Yeah, I think the closest we get in the books is, if I remember correctly, Jesper tells Kaz that he's giving the majority of his earnings from the job to his dad to take care of. But then now he's in charge of managing Wyland's money. Mm -hmm. Make it make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hate to impugn Jesper's like honesty, but he is in a band of thieves and criminals. It's setting up for the next heist, actually. (laughs) I'd actually love to hear more about what you two expect to happen and hope to happen for them in season three, if there's a season three of the Netflix show. So much of what I really loved about them in season two is just seeing a relationship between them that like develops beautifully and kind of true to their characters at a pace that makes sense. I really hope that continues. I was very pleased that they cut out the scene where Jesper asks Wylan to move in with him in season two, that it did not make the final cut. I've seen it making the rounds on the internets. They have been through a lot of intense stuff, but also I think it just like leaves it open for a pace that 
seems like it could really work in the midst of a lot of other extremely intense relationships. Whether or not those romantic relationships are going anywhere, you know, like Kaz and Inej or Kaz and Inej and Tolia. In the midst of that, I hope they keep that grounded relationship between the two of them. I wouldn't say like I have a huge wish list for them just because I was so pleased with how the writers handled them in season two Mm -hmm. that I honestly just want more scenes with them together, more great dialogue between them, a more amazing chemistry. But I guess I will say that I hope there's no love triangle element like with Kuwait. Kat, I think you were saying that storyline seems somewhat like sophomoric and lazy to some extent. They're it's like, capable. gotta give them a little conflict at towards yeah. the end of the book too. They're capable of, I think, having a more complicated obstacle in their way. And I'm interested to see if Wyland's identity is going to be that obstacle or if they'll come up with something else. So I actually do hope that they keep the mistaken identity Kuwait kiss thing but then deal with it the way that these characters would deal with it. So Jesper kisses Kuwe and he's like, wait a minute, you're not Wylan. And Kuwe is like, oh, no, I'm not Wylan. And Wylan's like, what the heck? He's like, oh, my gosh, I thought he was you. And Wylan's like, haha, that's so funny. And everyone has a good laugh and then moves on. Rather than being an actual point of conflict, it's a comedic moment and a nod mm-hmm. to the conflict that was in the book. But then it's just sort of a funny blip in the show. Yeah. So hot take. I do want the love triangle, but I want a real love triangle. You always want love love triangles, Kat. I love mess and I am a YA girly, so I'm here for my love triangles. (laughs) There's not nearly enough. The Darkling isn't even Alina's real love interest by the end of season one, let alone in season two. Need more. Yeah, okay. I buy that. Make Kuei a compelling love interest for Jesper. I like that. Or the stable hand, a heist, throws them back in with the stable hand that Jesper was hooking up with in season one. And he's like, oh, hey. And Wylan's like, who's this? And Jesper's like, well, you know. And the stable hand's like, we had a real connection between us. And actually, I've been thinking about you a lot since then. And Jesper didn't remember him. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, to Anjali's point, I want Kuei in and I want him a compelling love triangle candidate i also want him to be a real fully fleshed out character because mm. i think in the books he is so much an afterthought he's like a little agent of chaos relationship grenade who flirts with jesper but jesper isn't really ever into it and he still kind of goes for the kiss with him oh and he's and just like immediately such a bad kisser that jesper is yeah. willing to give up on That's the really relationship rude. entirely <laughs> Okay, idea. What if Tolia is the third point of the love triangle for both Kaz and Inej and Jesper and Wylan? I do love mess, like I said. (laughs) I think so much of the fandom is going to be pissed. They're already pissed because I think, like you mentioned in our last episode, a lot of people perceive Tolia to be ace. Can you imagine how people are going to react if he's just in like every love triangle and like losing out on all of them? Yeah, I don't know, but Kat, I think you should write this fanfic. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I think it'd also be really fun to have Kuei. And now that, you know, the storylines connect, I'd love to see him and Alina interact. And as she gets in touch with her shoe heritage, I really enjoyed that Inej and Zoya were able to do that a little bit in season one of the Netflix uh, Shadow and Bone series. So crossing my fingers for some of this in season three. Yeah. Keep Kuwait. Keep Kuwait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I thought of something that I would like to see in season three. So one thing in the books that's very interesting is that both Wyland and Jesper help the other connect more to their family. I believe they play a big role in bonding with their parents. So, you know, Wyland, I wouldn't say he solves Jesper's conflict with his dad, but he stands up for him and shoulders the blame for Jesper's not being able to pay back the loan that he took out. And obviously with Wyland, Jesper and Wyland discover that Wyland's mom is alive together and Jesper sort of helps him work through that moment. And so not saying that these exact plot lines are going to happen. In fact, I think the situation is so wildly different, some of them probably can't happen. But I would love to see them play that same role for each other. I love that. I loved so much the scene with Jesper and his mom when he's hallucinating. I was going to bring that up because I remember how much you love it. Oh my god. I mean, I was just sobbing. It was so well done and it was just so, it was just so loving and I was so moved. And I'm like sitting here trying to think of a way that Wyland can meet Jesper's mom. Can they have some sort of shared hallucination? Maybe Nina can do some work here after she loses her powers and then, you know, does that other thing. That was just so beautifully done. I thought the actor was phenomenal who played his mom also when they get more into the family stuff. I just hope I love it all as much as that. I was so moved. I have high hopes for that. Okay. Anjali, it is cake time. We need a little sound effect for that. I don't know what sounds cake make, but I did learn from Great British Bake Off that you can listen to the cake and hear. So this episode's prompt is obviously if you are designing a wedding cake for Wesper, either immediately after Crooked Kingdom or maybe a little bit more down the line in the show, what sort of cake do they make? So for Jesper and Wyland's wedding, I would design a cake that had a gold dust exterior. I, this is like the Las Vegas of cakes that I think would really suit Jesper's personality. And it would actually be a bananas flambe cake, which I think a cake that you light on fire is truly the only appropriate cake for a demolitions expert. Love it. Okay. And because some of our listeners pointed out that at last episode, we did not actually do Kiss, Mary Kill, we'll make sure we get to it this time. Yeah, this week's options are Kue, Show Wylan, and Book Wylan. You really couldn't have to put Jasper in there? Nope. <laughs> Wait, uh, I mean, I already know that I'm killing Kue. It's a canon that he is a bad kisser. <laughs> Let's see, Show Wylan versus Book Wylan. I think I would kiss Book Wyland, canonically a good kisser, and then, you know, I just marry Show Wyland. He's pretty funny. We could have waffles every morning as well. You know, it's one of our requirements with Nina. Yeah, simple as that. I think I'm marrying Book Wyland because he ends up with a house and a treasure, like a, a, quite the fortune. <laughs> Why not? I'm going to kiss Kue because honestly, I think the Agent of Chaos could be really interesting. Who knows? We'll see. And Show Wylan is getting the axe for me in part because I think his messy hairdo is over the top and too much. 
cat. I <laughs> love Shawinan's hair, but here's what I'm going to do. I am going to marry Kue because I always forget that he's there. And it can be like a little bit of you do your thing. I do mine. A marriage of marriage convenience. Of convenience. I am going to kiss Showylan. Number one, the hair's adorable. But number two is that I think this could actually be a great relationship conflict for him and Jesper that they could work through in season three and have it just come out really well for everyone. So I'm happy to kind of help like further the plot with that. <laughs> and then I will kill Bookwylan because I, I don't think either of those things applies to him. <laughs> so for book recommendations... I have a book recommendation this time, which is actually one of my all-time favorite books that I am in the process of rereading and just re-falling in love with. It is Wild Seed by Octavia Butler. It's the first in her Patternist series. So it's an older book. I think it's from like 1980 or something. But if anyone listening is a Darklina fan the way I am, or even a little bit less <laughs> the way I am. Like cat level. <laughs> Maybe like a cat level fan or something. But this book, the premise is really exploring the relationship between two immortals who there is an age difference. There is a power difference. I think that power dynamic is super, super interesting. And a lot of what they both deal with is how do they deal with loneliness and the fear and the reality of being alone and what it means. And I love it. I think it's done so well if you like that book, which, I mean, I love that book. But the next book in the series also has some of that. Really, the first two books hit on that. That sounds fun. So fun. Highly recommend. Mine for today is The Firekeeper's Daughter. It's a YA book. It came out maybe a couple years ago now, but it's, I'm going to put this in quotes, sequel, not really sequel, has just recently come out, so it re-reminded me of the book, but it's basically a YA crime thrillery sort of mystery murder novel that takes place on an Ojibwe reservation, and it's fun. I like it a lot. I'm excited to read the next book that she just published. And for those of you listening on Spotify, some of you have noticed that Spotify now has some new like interaction features. So they put up a like, what did you think of this episode question? And mobile only, maybe. mobile only, maybe. I don't know. I didn't get a notification when this happened, but we just kind of discovered it. And then I was like, oh, let's put up polls. So I put up a couple polls. So we, we have a poll for this one. So you can vote in the poll or, you know, whatever. And as always, if you have any thoughts, feedback, ideas for future episodes, please drop us a line at crowclubpod at gmail.com. Thanks. Thanks.